Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 260 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us more about you every day. Help us receive the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what Jesus is teaching in John chapter 14. Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, agitated. You believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely on God. Believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely also on me. He tells us what not to do and then what to do. Don't get agitated. Believe in God instead. This is easier said than done sometimes, but we can take comfort in putting our to-do list, worries, and anxieties in the Lord's hands. Let's take a moment and surrender everything to God. In verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by and through me. This comforts us as well. As we believe in Jesus, we are granted access to God, the Father. This is one of the reasons I always read a chapter in one of the four Gospels. Then Jesus said, if you had known me, had learned to recognize me, you would also have known my father. From now on, you know him and have seen him. This is a very powerful statement. Those who lived at that time and actually saw Jesus could say they saw God as they looked at Jesus. We, on the other hand, are fortunate to be able to know the whole story of Jesus' resurrection because most of the people who lived back then didn't know he was the true Messiah. They missed it. Today, we read what Jesus said and know his words are the words of God. Then there's a mic drop moment. Jesus tells us that he will grant us whatever we ask in his name, not so that we will be blessed so much as it is to glorify God. If we ask in his name, we are demonstrating our belief in him, and then God's power is unleashed. Following right on the heels of this idea is that if we love him, we will follow his commands. He says this in verse 15 and then again in verses 21 and 23. In verse 23, Jesus promises us the best thing ever if we will follow him. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home, abode, special dwelling place with him. May we follow Jesus in all he told us to do so we receive this magnificent promise. Lastly, he bequeaths or wills his peace to us and tells us not to be troubled once again. In fact, the Amplified Version defines his words to mean, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. We need to stop allowing ourselves to be agitated and disturbed and not permit ourselves to be afraid or intimidated or act like a coward or become unsettled. May God grant us his peace, courage, and strength to stand strong, whether we are in good times or bad. Well, let's see what Paul is writing in Philippians chapter 4. This is Paul's last letter to the Philippians. He tells them to rejoice in the Lord always, delight, gladden yourselves in him. Again, I say rejoice. Well, we know his words have become a song. This is a nugget of wisdom. King David also knew the power of rejoicing and praising God. May our hearts turn to praise today. Just as Jesus told us in John chapter 14, Paul tells the Philippians not to fret or be anxious about anything. Instead, he said to pray about everything by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And he follows that with God's peace. God's peace would be with them. And isn't that, again, what Jesus taught us today? 
One of the most beautiful writings I think Paul wrote is in verse 8, which says, For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things, fix your minds on them. Paul wrote and told the people at Philippi to think about good things, not just think about them, but keep their minds fixed on it. Roll good things over and over in their minds. What would happen if we thought only good thoughts? What would happen if we thought about the wonderful all day long? Well, our spirits would change. We would become lighthearted. Peace and joy would fill our souls. And as we think about the wonderful, our speech changes. Our words either speak life or death over our own lives. And when we speak words of gratitude, praise, love, and belief, the power of the Lord is unleashed over us. When we use life-giving words, our actions begin to change. And as our actions change, the direction of our lives change. The rest of this chapter is equally powerful. Take your time reading it. It is one we could and should read over and over again. Let's see what Isaiah is prophesying in Isaiah chapter 29. Isaiah prophesies against Jerusalem. The name Ariel means Jerusalem. Apparently, Jerusalem was living off of its past glory instead of its current state. Instead of enjoying their yearly feasts, they will be distressed, and this distress will come from God. God will send enemies against them to bring them back to a humble people who will serve him, and then he will punish their enemies. Isaiah writes about the blind stupor the Israelites will be in as they wander about like drunks. He even stops the prophets from prophesying because the people are simply not interested. They are consumed with themselves and think they are serving God, but their hearts are hard and whatever spiritual knowledge they thought they had will disappear. Just as Jesus said the Pharisees talked a good talk but didn't actually have hearts for God, verse 13 says, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but remove their hearts and minds far from me. And God's hand was against them. Their pride was thick and they hid from the Lord. God could see that they no longer revered him, the maker of their souls. He was no longer their potter, but things would change. God will restore his people to himself, and they will rejoice in him once again. They will revere him. In the last verse of this chapter, it says, Those who err in spirit will come to understanding, and those who murmur discontentedly will accept instruction. Oh, what a day this will be. In chapter 30, Israel is being pummeled by the Assyrian army, and the Judeans were looking for help because they thought they would be next. However, they looked for help in all the wrong places. They should have gone to God, but instead they went to Egypt looking for help. Verse 5 tells us that Egypt would in no way be able to help them. Only shame and disgrace would come of it. People were told this before it happened, so they would recognize it when it did. And it did happen. Many fled. However, the Lord would eventually have mercy on them. He would be gracious to them, but they would have to wait. And we read that those who wait for him will be blessed with his favor, his love, his peace, his joy, and his matchless, unbroken companionship. Verse 20 says, And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore, but your eyes will constantly behold your teacher. Finally, they will give up their idols and fall back in love with God, and God will bless them with every good thing. And then the Assyrians would be taken down. Their biggest adversary will be punished by God. God's promises all come to pass. May we be encouraged that his final plan is to bring his people close to him and destroy the adversaries. May we let God fight our battles for us. Well, let's see what we can learn from Psalm 79. 
Asaph wrote this after the Babylonian takeover. They had been in exile for years, and Asaph was wondering how long God would allow this destruction and humiliation to continue. He asked God some tough questions, and then he prayed for his mercy to come sooner than later. He admits their sin against God, but also notes that they are his people and the sheep of his pasture. They will praise God when he stands up to their adversaries and strengthens them once again. They were in the waiting room, and some of us are in the waiting room too. The Lord will come to our aid just as he came to the aid of Judah. May we wait expectantly on him. Let us pray. O Lord, thank you for being the almighty God that you are. Thank you for all you do for us and all you will do for us. May you soften our hearts and help us be obedient to you. May our hearts seek you, Lord, above all else. Draw us closer to you with every passing day. No matter what our circumstances are, we know you are the God of the universe and God of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.